Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Before we get started with the show, I want to thank our friends and sponsors over at PrimeXPT, where many of our listeners have already signed up to trade by visiting theburbnest.com slash PrimeXPT. PrimeXPT is the most powerful trading platform offering immediate access to over 30 assets. Users may trade cryptocurrencies, Forex, commodities, stock indices, and much more, all from a single Bitcoin settled account. And now for the show. What the Nest Show is. This is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto and forex centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's very special episode of the Nest Show podcast. It's CryptoBurb here, uh, and I'm joined by legendary guest, by my great friend, by a very professional YouTuber with more than 200,000 subscribers, uh, legendary big name in the space, Mark Moss. How are you doing, Mark? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Always uh, always so fun to get, get together with you and catch up. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been quite a while. Again, we re- record these actually, you know, once in a time, uh, but all of our sort of like just meeting, you know, sort of like series started uh, in Vegas. It yeah. was 2018. Or 19? Jesus, I cannot even remember that. What was that? 18, 19? Uh, I think 19 is my guess. 19, yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time. You know, the time sort of like just seems to slow down at times in all this uh, pandemic, you know, for the people. You know, people get depressed, which is not my case, of course, happily. But people get depressed, people get fed up, you know, by just being, you know, completely locked down for months, for years. People got used to the new world to some extent. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what's, uh, what's pretty much like, you know, because going to be discussed on this very uh, yeah. podcast. And I wanted to touch upon the very essential thing uh, to start with, like what's changed for the world in the last six months? <laughs> wow, that's a big question. <laughs> what hasn't changed, right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, the, obviously the the world's changed dramatically, and and what now it's been nine, ten months. It's gone. It's been quite a while, right? Um, obviously, with the pandemic, changed kind of the whole world, and um, you know, uh, some of these world leaders are telling us that uh, it's the perfect opportunity to change the world, and so I think they're really seizing that opportunity. I've been saying that the world we're going into is not the same as the world that we're coming out of. Um, and so, I mean, it's really changed every area of, of, of the world. And man, I mean, I, I, and I literally mean every, right. Like, uh, from just trying to get like normal everyday products, like things are back ordered now. Right. So it's messed up logistics. Um, kids aren't going to school, right. It's (laughs) what kids don't go to school. Like, uh, I mean, you can't visit people in the hospital. Like you can't go to the doctor for like normal things. Like you can't really travel in most cases. (laughs) Like, I mean, most, you know, there's still tens of millions, at least in America, out of work, right? The UN says, you know, billions of people are going to starve. So, I mean, uh, what what hasn't changed, right? Every area has changed and, and rapidly. Yeah, I can actually, you know, just look at that as also from my local perspective, from Polish perspective, where I'm based off. 
uh, but I'm very happy, you know, because of all the content that you share, it actually shows, you know, to me and to many, many people that it's, uh, that it's not them being lonely and feeling lonely, but it's actually the word, the entire word that is going fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it seems that there is actually, you know, some some bigger agenda that some people, you know, behind the scenes are actually, you know, doing with the governments being the lobbyists, as it appears at times. That's what my, that's what my country appears to to be doing at a time for the government. You know, uh, everything is pretty much like upside down, no logic anymore in this world. You know, uh, I myself, you know, being the entrepreneur, I'm, I'm flooded with the taxes to actually you know, just sponsor, you know, the fund, or the money printing. Or, you know, all of the pretty much like debt generating uh, for the government, you know, and to be real, like this is slowly taking, this might be slowly taking away the, uh, the big thing for us, for the people, the freedom. Let's talk yeah. about freedom for a moment. And yeah. is this possible? Is this possible or like, you know, that that the freedom still exists or is it like, is it a trend, a tendency that is becoming less and less visible? Like, let's talk about freedom. What do you think about it? The problem is that um, human nature and like some people, not the majority of people, but some people, the minority of people, they want power, they want control, they want status, and they want to tell other people what to do. And, and uh, you'll see this on every area of life you know, in the United States, like in some neighborhoods, they have like a homeowners association. And some people want to control that homeowners association and tell every neighbor what they have to do with their house. And then at the school, there's like a parent teacher association. And some people want to be at the top of the parent teacher association, tell all the other parents what to do. And then there's city council. And, there's, and like, no matter how high, like somebody wants to go there and like be able to tell people what to do. Like they agree. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and uh, it's like I said, it's not the it's not the majority of people, but there's the minority of people that just want that power and control. And uh, I think a lot of it really comes down to they just believe that they know better. And especially we know this with our politicians, you know, uh, the big politicians, the presidents and whatnot. I mean, they, they've they've gone as far as to say that, like, the people are stupid and they have to be told what to do. I mean, that's what they really believe. And so. Yeah, I don't I don't think the there might be a few small cases of people really going in to try to make a difference. But for the most part, it's people that think they know better. Right. And at the end of the day, like nobody knows what's best for you, but you. That's, and that's just my that's just my strong belief, you know, and and, and I'm, a, I'm a freedom maximalist. Right. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that nobody knows what's best for you, but you because. Because as humans, you know, we're humans. And so like we have like random desires, like I love vanilla ice cream, but tomorrow I just might want chocolate. And I don't know why I want chocolate. I just do. Like, you know, what I mean? like, and, and we're just and we're just kind of random. And it's like as long as as long as my desire to have chocolate ice cream doesn't hurt you, what difference does it make? Like, why do you care what I have? Right. And so um, that's why, you know, from a from a from a freedom liberty perspective, it's like if I'm not hurting you, what what do you care what I'm doing? Right. And yeah. so um, anyway, but so we have this, we have this, you know, people want to control. And so um, we've, we've had this steady march towards that. And if you go back through history, you'll see this cycle just repeats over and over and over and over where basically the government becomes too controlling and eventually the people can't take it anymore. And the people overthrow the government <laughs> and they start over. And then the government starts becoming more and more controlling. It gets too controlling at some point it gets overthrown and it, and it goes on again um, about Two or three years ago, I was in Mexico City 
which is an amazing city, by the way. Um, and about 45 minutes from Mexico City, they have these, these pyramids that are some of the best pyramids in the world. And what's, uh, what's really interesting is uh, these pyramids were built at the same time as the Egyptian pyramids, and there's also pyramids in China. And what's interesting is they're all built on the exact same latitude. Like, how did that get coordinated back then? But anyway, that's not the point. So anyway, these, these, these pyramids are in perfect condition, like some of the best pyramids ever. And uh, what happened, the reason why is because the entire city, the entire village abandoned them. The reason why they abandoned them is because they went into this crazy drought, right? And it didn't rain for years and years and years. And back then it was the priests and the warriors that ruled the, ruled the city, the village. And they said, shoot, we don't have any rain. Let's start sacrificing child, right? We're going to start sacrificing kids to the God and hopefully we get some rain. And they killed some kids and no rain and more kids and no rain and more kids and no rain. And eventually they ran out of kids. And the, Jesus priest, Christ. The, priest, the priest went to the warriors and they said, hey, warriors, now we need your kids. And the warriors are like, uh-uh, you ain't getting our kids. They killed all the priests. The whole town separated and that was it. But I was just struck by that story, how long ago that story was, which is the exact same thing. The leaders take and they take and they take until there's nothing left to take. And then, and then there's, there's that revolution. And so, um, yeah, anyway, it's just human nature. The cycle repeats over and over again. And now to your point, um, now we're moving into this world where technology is enabling them to have this perfect control. Of course, in China is the, the, you know, the leader in the world right now with their social credit system and their facial recognition systems and all these different things. Um, they've had that walled garden for a long time, right? For years, like Google and Facebook and Twitter, none of that was allowed in there. They had that, the, the great Chinese firewall, they call it. Um, but now we're doing the exact same thing in the United States. Like we have the same Chinese firewall right now, right? And uh, all these things are starting to happen in the rest of the world. And, and why wouldn't these leaders want to use that, right? If they, if they want total control, of course, they're gonna wanna employ all the tools. And, and the scary thing is that the tools that they have today, you know, with uh, Facebook, social media, being able to basically brainwash you as you're right, as your as your kid growing up, censoring all the content that you see, controlling the conversations, even preventing you and I from sending links. I mean, all this stuff happens today. Um, and so they have this, this perfect uh, set of tools to basically control the population. And, and uh, the, the, the book 1984, you know, forecast a lot of this and, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but uh, friends with George Orwell, and they wrote a bunch of letters back and forth. And he wrote a letter talking mm -hmm. about how the governments of the future will have so much better luck or so, will we'll be able to do this so much better by using um, information instead of using the boot on people's neck. And so that's kind of what they've done, right? Like the war isn't about like shooting anymore. It's just about information, controlling information. And so there's that, there's that, that march towards this. And uh, of course, uh, you know, the big thing, which is this a 2030 agenda, right, which is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, um, which is being pushed by the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. And, you know, for those that aren't paying attention, they think this is all a bunch of conspiracy theory, but on their website. It's actually a practice already. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on their website. This is what they tell you. And like, I take them at their word. A lot of people that have told me, oh, you, 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 you don't understand. That's not really what they mean. It's like, well, that's what they put on their website. That's what they're saying. And I, I take them at their word. But it goes more than that, because um, if you understand what they're trying to say, which is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Well, that's like when we live in a commune, we all live in a commune and everybody shares everything and nobody has to work. And there's a bunch overabundance of everything, even though nobody's working and we're all sharing and everybody's happy in a commune. 
Oh, like sounds commun- familiar. It does like sound communism, familiar. kind of. Is that what, you know what I mean? So it's like uh, like this, and so we understand that it's been this steady, constant push towards that. You know, they can slap a new label on it or drop the word, but it doesn't really change the ideology of it. In my opinion, you know, people get caught up arguing socialism and communism and fascism, and they get those are all different different shades of a, of the same color. At the same, yeah. at the end of the day, you have you have you have two systems, right? You either have one that's a captured controlled centrally centrally planned model or you have a free open competitive model and that's it and you can call it capitalism or free market capital whatever you want whatever label you want to slap on doesn't matter it's either open and free and competitive or it's closed and captured and centrally planned and yeah uh, that's, the way the that's way you name I, it the way you name it actually doesn't impact you know what it is and like you know if you have uh, there was this book, uh, I'm not sure like about the translation in English, but about this little prince, stuff like that, you know, and uh, there was this this pretty much example about naming a rose like this flower, you know, and it's actually, you know, the way we name things, it doesn't change them, you know, change their features to some extent, if you know what I mean, right? So it mm-hmm. doesn't mean like what you were, what you were saying, it doesn't matter well, what are you called that, you know, the capitalism or free market or whatever, because it doesn't directly impact, you know, the way that it really is. And, uh, you know, I could only agree with you, Mark. And, you know, there has been, there's been a lot of, a lot of important points. Um, you know, the, the author of the saying that I'm about to bring, it actually was, uh, you know, was, was big enemy to Poland, you know, uh, uh, the other day. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm not happy pretty much about, about the history correlations with this guy, you know, for, for my own country. But, um, you know, he brought one, uh, this was about, you know, some Russian Im- impacts as well. Uh, the other day, um, like during the war, you know, they would, they would have this Lenin guy, this, this Vladimir Lenin. I don't know how you spell that. Even yeah, in but, yeah, exactly. We know who that and is. We, it, it, yeah. So what I'm saying is he actually brought, again, this is no role model to follow, but what he brought, which is significant, you know, for the quote is that you don't need to cover the big secrets because mm-hmm. nobody believes them anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody believes them anyway. So the only secrets you need to sort of like just keep, you know, are the smallest secrets. So boom, World Economic Forum website, you know, we go Agenda 2030, this is what we are going to do. And nobody believes that, mm-hmm. right? Because, but still there and they're going to do that, but nobody believes that because it's too big to actually for people to encapsulate the thought into, into their mind somehow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so much, uh, so much, you know, topics around that, but with all the freedom that it seems to be the seems to be slightly vanishing. I think we both agree you know, about the, the overall general tendency, and apparently it's a it's a global thing. It's not just you know local yeah. thing for U.S. or China or you know Poland. It's actually a global thing. So my question to you is, like, how can you uh, sort of like prevent that in a way? That you already did because some people perhaps may know that you recently moved you know to a new place and i wanted to yeah. very quickly touch upon like how does it impact your 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 feeling yeah. like what is the what is the living up in in puerto rico uh yeah as the taxation and everything yeah let's talk about that and then and then and then i can spill into kind of the future and, and how that saves the world in my opinion but um yeah so the big news is i i recently as of january 1st moved from california to puerto rico and um, the, the America, the United States is different than any other country in the entire world where um, because we're born as American citizens, we get the benefit of getting to pay U.S. federal income taxes for the rest of our lives. And so no matter where I move into the world, I have to pay 
U.S. taxes for the rest of my life. And that's about 40% of my income. Now, in the United States, we have the country and then we have states. So, so I have federal taxes, which is about 40%. And then I have state taxes. Not, not every state has a tax, but in California, it has the highest taxes. So that's an extra 13.5%. Um, they're trying to raise that to 16.8% this year. So it, it would end up being about 62% of my income. So that means I get to keep $38 for every hundred I make, which isn't, isn't a whole lot. It sounds familiar. Um, Same in Poland. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and I could move anywhere in the world, you know, and places with less taxes, but I still would have to pay the U S taxes at the same time. So, um, I, I've built my entire investing career off this thesis that money goes where it's treated best. And so like, I only have so much money and I like to put it into different investments. And so like every, every investment I'm eyeing up, I always think like, is this where my money is going to be treated best? Is this where it's the safest with the best return with the best people watching? Right. And I, and I always think about that, but now it's also time not just to put our money where it's treated best, but also go where we are treated best. And so in the United States, we start seeing States compete. Uh, Elon Musk says he's, uh, he's going to leave California. Um, they won't let him work. The, the state of California has been the most strict in the nation. You can't work. He's like, well, I'm moving. And Nevada and Texas are competing. Hey, come here. We'll give you land. Hey, come here. We'll give you land and a building. Hey, come here. We'll give you land, building, and tax break, right? And they're competing for him. Meanwhile, the state, uh, the lawmakers in California, one of them uh, tweeted and said, F you, Elon Musk. Like, <laughs> so so he's considering leaving and, and California's telling him F you and, and, and Texas and, and Nevada are like competing for him, right? And so he has that option. If I don't like paying California state taxes, I could go to Texas or Florida. I think there's about seven different states where I don't have to pay state taxes. And so, of course, as you might guess, people are leaving in droves. Same in New York. New York has the uh, second highest taxes in the nation. And, and everyone's leaving. As a matter of fact, all of Wall Street's leaving. And they're all going down to Florida. Because one, Florida's open. New York's closed. Florida's open. And New York has the second highest taxes. And Florida has none. So it's also out competing. And so it's that competition thing. Well, um, even better than that in Puerto Rico, it's, it's a territory of the United States, but it's not technically a state or anything like that. And they went bankrupt about a decade ago. And so they've started this tax program. And so like in California, all the rich people are leaving. In New York, all the rich people are leaving. So what does California and New York do? Well, shoot, we lost a bunch of tax revenue. So let's raise taxes some more. And guess what? More people leave. Oh, shoot. Well, let's raise taxes some more. I mean, it's idiotic, right? You'd think they'd reverse course. How well, could that happen, right? <laughs> well, Puerto Rico did the opposite. They went bankrupt and said, shoot, we need to attract some rich people here to start some businesses to create jobs, right? So if you move to Puerto Rico and if you start a business, you get a special tax rate of only 4%. And guess what? Over the last decade, they've attracted a ton of people to go start a ton of businesses there. And uh, so California raised my taxes. So I leave, I go to Puerto Rico, I start a business there, I lower my taxes. And so it really comes down to just going where you're treated best, going where your money's treated best. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not an advocate, I'm not trying to advocate of, 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 of uh, not paying your taxes. Um, but at some point, you just have to ask yourself, right? Like, uh, is, it, is, is it treating me best? Is giving up 62% of my income treating me best. And, and, uh, and in my, in my case, it just wasn't, you know, and so I had to vote with my feet and we got up and moved and we've been in Puerto Rico since January 1st and um, moving to a different country is, is uh, definitely something to get used to, right? It's, it's not home. And, and no matter where you move, it's not home. 
Um, so there's definitely, uh, there's definitely an, getting adjusted period, but it is a little island in the Caribbean and it is absolutely beautiful and the surf's pretty good here. So we've been having a good time. Yeah, I love that. By the way, like what's the, what's the sort of like taxation level down there in Puerto Rico? Yeah. So, you know, with taxes, uh, in, and I don't know, in Poland, but in, in, the, in the United States, they tax, there's two types of income that are taxed differently. So you have your earned income, that's, you know, your pay, and then you have capital gains income, which is like investment income. The reason why it's taxed differently is because first I have to earn the income and they tax me on earned income. Then I pay the taxes on that income. And then what I have left after I've paid taxes, then I can go invest. And then when I invest and I make more money with my investments, I have to pay taxes again. I know. And so they, they do tax it differently. So that's, that's earned income and cap gains income. So in Puerto Rico, you basically have um, a 4% tax rate on earned income. So I went from in California this year, like I said, it'd be about 62%. So I went from 62% to 4%. Um, but then on cap gains, which right now are taxed at 20%, but Biden says he wants to get rid of that. So that would be also be ordinary income tax. In Puerto Rico, there's 0% cap gains. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm moving there, <laughs> make, make me a place right, right there next yeah. to Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and people don't really understand taxes properly. Right. So like, first of all, um, I saw somebody tweeted the other day and they said, uh, they should rate, you know, they should raise the tax rate on the rich people. We've heard a bunch of people, rich people say this, Bernie Sanders said this, Bill Gates said mm -hmm. this. And like, look, anybody can donate as much more as they want. Like at any time you can give more taxes. Like, so like they don't need to vote that in. If that person wants to give more, great, donate more, right? But at the same time, you're not legally required to pay any more than you're legally required to pay. Um, but the other thing is that people think that the rich get out of taxes, they're loopholes. But what they don't understand is that taxes are really incentives. So the government has a set of policies. So Puerto Rico, for example, they have a policy and like, we need to rebuild our economy. We need businesses, we need people working. So if people can start businesses and hire people, we're gonna give them a tax rate. We'll incentivize people to come do this. And guess what happened? A lot of people went and started businesses and gave a bunch of jobs. In the United States, they say, hey, people need a place to live. We can't provide housing for everybody. So if you buy a house and rent it out to people, we're gonna give you a tax break on that because they need people to do that. Right? The government's your partner, whether you want them to be or not. Right, They're taking half your income or whatever it is. And so they're trying to tell you what's important. Hey, we need, uh, right now in the United States, we have these economic zones. So these certain areas in the country that have been hit really, really hard. And they're trying to get people to come in and rebuild those areas. So if you go to those certain areas and do certain things, then you get tax breaks. And so it's not about loopholes. It's about like working with the government. They have their set of policies. They're trying to get people to work. So if you start a business and hire people, you get tax breaks, right? And so you want to work along with them. And so anyway, it's just a different way to look at it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I respect, I respect, you know, there are, there are many people uh, who actually move, you know, just leave, leave their countries for, you know, for, for the taxation reasons as well. And uh I, I tell you what, of course, because of the inflation, because of the overall debt, you know, just going crazy up and up over and over again, day by day, you know, they, they keep, you know, going the quantitative, quantitative easing going on, not only in US, but also in Poland, which we sort of like, uh, in a very unskilled way, we try to sort of like copy paste what, what states do at times, uh, which sucks even more because how 
how on earth could you apply you know the same model to all the different countries where you have different cultures different demographics it's simply impossible right we still yeah. they 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 keep doing that they keep trying right uh but that's another story you know but most importantly you know we are looking at the overall global thing just like we spoke you know just in the earlier day you know it's it's over the governments it's over the countries it's over the boundaries apparently yeah. right and it seems to be there's some overall tendency that the world is going towards right yeah and uh, we already touched upon this world economic forum you know 20 2030 and agenda and schwab's pretty much like just uh you know just indications for 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 how it's going to look like in a couple of next years and the world you're going to own nothing and you'll be happy right that's what yeah. i say let's talk about it for a moment yeah, I mean that's super scary, right? And and kind of what you said, I think I think what you're meaning is they're over the world, right? So it's like in the United States we call them NGOs, non-government organizations, right? So it's basically the United Nations, the, or uh, well, there's the United Nations and the IMF, International Monetary Fund, but then we have the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the World trade organization, like all these worlds, whatever, right? And they're the ones that are setting policy. So like the whole world, I'm sure was watching, you know, the presidential election in the United States and Trump and Biden and whatever. But like, this is bigger than that, right? Like, it's like, uh, they're, ma they're making moves up here. The president's like just barely controlling things down here. And so, yeah, I think that's what you meant, right? They're over the world. And these are, you know, a dozen guys or 20 guys that sit in a room and they dictate what the whole world is doing. And, and it's pretty scary, like I said, because they're not elected, right? We didn't, I didn't ask for them to be there. I didn't get a vote. I don't have any say in that. Um, but at the end of the day, like, as we, as we said, right, like their plan, like we, you'll own nothing. Um, if you trace that back to its origin, like, then we know what that means. Well, we live in this like commune. Um, unfortunately, it gets even scarier than that. And I don't really want to get into it too much because it sounds so conspiratorial. So I would really just recommend that people go um, get Klaus Schwab's books. So Klaus Schwab, who's the leader of the World Economic Forum, they're meeting in Davos, I think, again this year. Um, and all the world leaders go there. And they're pictures in Switzerland, the right? Uh, yeah, it's in Switzerland. I think this year they're doing it virtual. Uh, but their pictures are on the website. So you know who they are and their names and their faces are there. But Klaus Schwab, the leader, has written two books. One's called The Fourth um, Industrial Revolution. And the new one is actually called The Great Reset. And in there, he tells you exactly what the future is. Um, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is, is very scary, in my opinion. Um, basically, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is um, where man and machine become one. So you don't really know the difference between man and machine. It's transhumanism, which is, a, again, a, mm -hmm. a, a word that's probably going to get people thinking I'm crazy. But I mean, read his book, right? Um, and of course, we've seen this already, right? They tested, was it Elon Musk had the computer chip in the pig's brain not that long ago, right? So um, even, even this vaccine they're trying to give people is a brand new vaccine that's never been used before, um, where it goes and, and gets your DNA, it, right? Goes to your DNA and gets your DNA to start releasing antigens. So it's like, it's like it's all about like changing the way human the human body is and so that's super scary to me i don't really like that um they envision this world where like our brains are sending um all the data up to this giant ai cloud and um if you read if you read under their website they talk about how you don't even have to order things stuff just shows up because it's like reading your thoughts and stuff like that and um it kind of makes it's crazy, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense because if you understand, 
you know, these, these subjects are deep and you have to understand a bunch of things, but if you understand money, what money is and what mo what monetary systems are, but really at the end of the day, money is uh, money organizes labor. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like I like vanilla ice cream and all of a sudden I want chocolate. Well, if, if a lot of people want chocolate, well, there's not enough chocolate to go around. And so the ice cream shop is going to have to raise the price on chocolate. And when they raise the price on chocolate, then I go, shoot, I don't know if I want to pay that much more for chocolate. I'll just go ahead and get vanilla. So less people will order chocolate because the price went up. Also, more ice cream people will make chocolate because it's, there's more demand. So how did all this get coordinated? In the United States, we have 330 million people making hundreds of decisions every day. And uh, do I want a house? How big should my house? Should it be wood? Should it be glass? Do I want a car? What kind of car do I want? Do I want bigger tires? Is this smaller tire? Like all these things. And this, all this is being organized. All these signals are being done through the money. The money is what organized that when the prices go up, more people jump in. When the prices go down, people jump out. And the money organized that. But the problem is, is that our, we, we haven't had a sound money in 50 years. So we have this free floating fake fiat counterfeit money and the government injects trillions of dollars at a time and it messes up all the price signals, which is why we get booms and busts and we get shortage of materials and things like that. Now, they don't want to go back to a sound money system. Why would they give up control of the money? And so they believe that like the, the central banks, they don't have enough data to make good decisions, which is why when you go to socialism, you always lead to like... Uh, shortages of goods and stuff. Um, so they believe if they can get all this data from our brains going into an AI cloud, AI could solve this. And then it could organize all this labor, like organize the world. So um, it's pretty scary, but that's the world that uh, unfortunately they're, they're pushing into us. And again, I, I don't want to be the crazy person here. I just, I just, like I said, I take them at their word. Yeah. So nowadays, you know, when you, when you are normal, you're crazy. Right. That's that's the main point. That's the main point. They would call you crazy for being different than than the rest. And the rest is actually going crazy because, you know, the rest knows less and less over the time. That's the way it's that pretty much like just the, you know, educational system is designed. Also, uh, again, I think it's a global thing, but I can tell on my example in Poland, you know. So what I can remember, what I keep sort of like referring to all the time. I like I myself, I'm a, I'm a chemical engineer, you know, for my first middle leading, you know, just in degree in the in the background. And, uh, you know, back in the day when I was like in this, you know, middle school or something, uh, what they did, you know, on the maths classes and the physics classes, on the chemistry classes, they, they teach you how to solve equations, but they never teach you what it means. You know, mm -hmm. they teach you how to manually pretty much like process things, but they never make you wonder and question things. And mm -hmm. this is exactly what I'm also trying to, you know, just teach people, you know, be it in the nest or just simply around with any sort of like medium that I have and that I own, that when you do not question things, then you just take things the way they are. And usually, uh, just like you said, for the, for the very pure economic reasons, very often, uh, and political reasons, they would, uh, well, decrease the quality of goods. They would decrease, uh, like this is a wealth transition to some extent, you know, this wealth is also, sure. yeah, wealth transfer, uh, transfer, of course, I meant. So uh, there is this also, which I wanted to touch upon with, with very quickly with that, Mark, uh, with you on that, is uh, they said, you know, I, I, read, I read a couple of, 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 of good points about it, uh, that through the entire pandemic, apparently there, uh, there has been one big measure that pretty much like caught my attention. And that was this wealth transfer, you know, that, and from what I know, or of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also want to touch upon that, uh, 
from what I know, this reaches one percent of people. This enclave on the the richest people, the wealthiest people on the planet, actually before the pandemic owned about forty two percent or around forty uh, percent of the total sort of like just wealth of of the planet. And after the pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, they ran it up all the way to fifty or fifty plus, mm-hmm. right? And in my opinion, but again, this is my opinion. It just shows the real cost of the way that things are. They are, yeah. and uh, you know. When there's big money involved, when the, every every single move costs you billions and trillions, you know, of dollars, right? There is no really point for mistake. There's no really point or place or room for for accidents, for coincidences, because you surround yourself with the best, you know, educated people on the planet. You yeah. surround yourself with the best experts. So the chances that you're actually, you know, just going, you know, to be wrong, uh, they decrease, right? So it's it becomes very very hard to make stupid mistakes when you're playing with big money, which means that you need planning a lot of in ahead. You know, when you run big big organizations, you need a lot of planning. You have yeah. the big best simulations. You know, all the neural networks, all the AI stuff, as you say. So, uh, is it you know, is it the way? It's is it showing us how how the world is going to look like in the next couple of years? Is it all about the wealth transfer? Well, we're definitely going into what I call the greatest wealth transfer. I call it the final wealth transfer. So um, if you look at what the central banks do, um, they just transfer wealth. That's what they do. All government policy, so think about this. Governments do not create anything. What they do is they transfer, they confiscate, right? So the government doesn't create wealth. They take wealth from you and give it to somebody who doesn't have wealth. So what all government policies do is all about transferring wealth. And, and all central bank policy is about transferring wealth. Now, I, mean, I can talk specifically in the United States, but it, it happens all around the world. But we go through these crazy boom and bust cycles because what happens is, remember I talked about how money gives us signals, gives us communication, so people organize around that. When you inject a bunch of fake money into the system, then people start organizing around the wrong things. It creates this artificial demand. So everybody in the 90s buys tech stocks. And then at the very top, it gets the most frothy. I mean, you're a trader, so you understand this, right? At the, at the way cycles work, at the very top, it's the most frothy, frothy, and it starts pulling everybody in. And then the market crashes. And then what do everybody do? They sell at the bottom, right? So the tech stocks went up that because the Fed put all the money there, created fake artificial demand. Everybody went. Retail jumped in at the end, of course, and then the market crashed. And then retail lost all their money sold at the very bottom to the strong hands. And then what the Fed do? They pump the market back up. Look at real estate in 2008. We had the great financial crash. Um, you know, Through the mid-2000s, everyone's buying real estate. By 2006, 2007, the retail's like, oh my gosh, if I don't buy a house, I'll never get a house. I got to buy a house. So they all buy a house. The real estate market crashes. Millions of Americans lose everything, all their wealth. But then Wall Street gives money or the the Fed gives money to Wall Street to go buy up all the houses. They gave them free money. They go BlackRock became the largest like corporation to own houses in America. And now all those people that put all their money in their house, lost it, are now renting their houses from BlackRock. And then what happened? Then they pumped the real estate market right back up. And so each one of these, it transfers wealth to the strong hands. Now we see this, I mean, just look at, um, just look at Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin hit $40,000, $41,000. It probably attracted a ton of uh, new retail weekends in. Then it crashed down to what, 29,000. And probably a bunch of weekends sold out. And guess who bought that? The strong hands. So it's always transferring wealth over. And so it's a cycle of just doing this over and over and over again. Now, 
I think what we're going into is like the great transfer, the, the final wealth transfer. And we know this because obviously they, they're telling us that's their agenda, right? We all own nothing. And so, the um, website. yeah. And so it, it, what happens is it gets to a point where um, the market's going to crash at some point. It's inevitable. Maybe, maybe not this year, maybe, maybe a couple of years from now, but it's going to crash and the majority of people will lose everything. That's just the way it is. They already are. People are already losing everything. And so the majority of people will lose everything and the few will benefit from that. And so the goal for us, what I've spent the last dozen years of my life studying is these wealth transfer cycles and, and specifically uh, out of pure uh, selfishness for me and my family, I want to be on the receiving end. I was on the giving end before. I, I, I gave my wealth away to somebody else. I didn't like that. That, that didn't sit well with me, um, the fact that someone got my wealth. So I, you know, I've studied these things for a dozen years. I want to be on the receiving end. And so that's, that's the goal, right? We have to figure out how we can preserve our purchasing power. So when the market crashes, we are able to keep our wealth. And then even better, we can also buy back in at the sell of a lifetime, just like the rich did. And uh, in 2008, I got wiped out in real estate and I wasn't able to buy back in in 2010, 11, 12, when it was at the low price. So I didn't get that cycle right. Um, I had got the, the, the dot-com cycle right, but I didn't get the um, real estate cycle right um, because I didn't really understand these things like I do now. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the big plan and the, the, the big agenda and the big plan, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, all, all the crashes, you know, the, they say the history repeats, right? But in, in fact, many people get that wrong because they expect the, exactly the same formulas. Why the fact is that all the, again, from the physical point of view or chemical point of view, you name it, everything sort of like vibrates. Everything is, you know, dynamic. Every particle of us is dynamic because it moves. It, it's a it's continuous movement process, right? Yeah. So it's impossible to sort of like freeze the work. It's impossible to apply the very same formulas, the very same mechanisms, you know, that, that you did, for example, for the uh, for the old crashes like, you know, 87, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Or 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 the dot-com bubble, like, or, or the real estate bubble uh, and so on and so forth. So we it's all sort of like similar to the very, very or origins, to the very sort of like original reasons, the reasons, you know, why things happen, uh, which is already, you know, some starting point and uh, which is always good to, good to sort of like know. But also, which, uh, you know, which I want to ask you about while getting getting closer to, to, the, to the end of this, of this great podcast. Uh, Mark, I wanted to touch upon like knowing all this stuff and uh, again, it, it can be, it can be, you know, we can be right. I, I do think exactly the same that you do. We can be right. We can be wrong. Nobody knows that, you know, nobody knows if the, if the planetoid actually crashes, you know, the earth tomorrow and we all don't yeah. die, you know, yeah. nobody knows that. So assuming, you know, the things are correct, right. For those, I'm actually just, just doing that in, you know, for, in, in favor of the, those disbelievers, assuming that things are correct, uh, how can we all sort of like prevent our our purchasing power like what um what investment vehicles would you say are the ones that people should be looking for i know it for myself but i'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like seeking the experts opinion as well yeah. for the people well i think um i i've also built my career off of a a quote that says success leaves clues so if you want to have success you find someone else who's already achieved that success you see what their clues were they left behind, you do the same things and you should have about the same results. So what are the ultra rich and connected people doing? What are the central banks doing, um, right? And so what are they doing? They're the ones that are successful. They're the ones that are on the inside. They're the ones that, that know. And so what are they doing? What are the things that they're doing that we can copy? So what we know is that um, I have a video dropping on YouTube today 
And uh, the title is uh, Bill Gates became the largest landowner, uh, farm landowner in the United States. Yeah, I saw so, that. Uh, is anybody more connected than Bill Gates? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, what is he doing? He's buying a scarce asset. That's what he's doing. He's buying a scarce asset. So when they're creating an unlimited amount of fake fiat counterfeit money, it's going to push people to want to buy real, hard, scarce assets, real assets, right? So you use the fake money to buy the real things. And so Bill Gates bought and became the largest land uh, farm landowner in the United States. And um, he owns like 240,000 acres, which is a lot, but he's nowhere near the top 10 in landowners. He's farmland, but in land, I mean, the rich have uh 2.1 million acres. The top eight have over a million acres each. Jeff Bezos from Amazon owns twice as much land as uh, Bill Gates. And so they're buying scarce assets. And so um, things that are outside the financial system. So gold and silver, uh, Bitcoin is obviously very scarce as well. Um, so um, commodities overall, I think are gonna be the spot to be. Um, so again, precious metals are commodities, but there's other types of commodities as well. Um, not all land, I'm not saying all real estate, but certain types of assets are going to do really, really well, especially if they're cash producing assets. Um, and so, yeah, my goal is, you know, I'm still using some short term financial products to get more dollars and then taking those dollars and putting them over into scarce assets. And so for me, it's, 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 it's gold, silver, Bitcoin um, is, is kind of the primary thing um, that I focus on. Um, also land. So I'm in, I'm in Puerto Rico. Um, it's a beautiful Island and uh, there's only so much beachfront property. And there's, there's really only one good surfing area on the entire Island and there's one lot left. <laughs> and I just put an offer on it. Yesterday. <laughs> I just put an offer on it yesterday, like one beachfront lot left. Right. Um, my, I have a buddy in Austin, Texas, everybody's moving to Austin right now. Right. All the big corporations are moving to Austin, Texas. And in Austin, there's, I think, I think it's called Lake Austin. There's like a lake and like the rich live along this lake. Well, there's only so many houses on that lake. And as all these fortune 500 companies go, everybody wants to live on that lake. So he told me that his buddy bought a house on the lake and 30 days ago, it's up a million bucks already in 30 days Whoa. because there's only so much of that. So it's like that scarce stuff. Um, we've, we've also seen it in collectible art, things like that. I don't really get into that. But anyway, trade your counterfeit money, uh, make as much counterfeit money as you can, keep as much counterfeit money as you can, convert it over into hard, scarce assets. I think this is, this is really a golden advice, to be honest, you know, and referring, referring sort of like slightly back to what you said, you know, about, about using short-term financial assets, it doesn't mean to all the people, to all the viewers, you know, listening, uh, it doesn't mean Mark is literally putting his entire network on the 100x, you know, just playing and swinging it oh. all day. <laughs> just scalping through it for his way that's not the way you do it. that's actually the way that you give away your money to the market that's yeah. for damn sure and that's what what mark and i perfectly agree on you know we know that the inflation is going to keep your cash pretty much like worthless that's the direction the biden is already pretty much like uh and the rest of the world are, are trying to copy uh for for the next phase you know uh you keep funding you know you keep increasing the debt you keep printing more money cash becomes worthless. It is sort of like similar to, you know, controlled hyperinflation that happened in Zimbabwe to some extent, but it's happening so slowly that you can barely see that even happens, yeah. right? So so this is this is the tricky part. And I personally, you know, I, I'm a big fan and, and a big supporter for gold, for, for silver, of course, 
commodities uh, for those who actually, you know, watch me, you know, uh, throw some tweets at times. I'm talking about BCOM. Yeah. I've been watching. I've seen you start throwing those charts out. <laughs> exactly. Right. I appreciate it. Uh, so BCM, Bloomberg Commodity Index or whatever other, you know, CRB, like Commodity Research Bureau Index, whatever. Uh, this is all about to reverse. You know, we are seeing the reversal on the global scale after 12 years of, of the bearish market on the commodities led by gold, by silver, you know, by, by, by crude oil, of course, by the WTI. And so this is the direction, commodities, commodities and uh, using the profits. That's what I do. I'm using the profits from Bitcoin. Because at one point it's going to be heavily overvalued, and you don't want to be in Bitcoin when it's overvalued heavily. You want to be something that is undervalued to keep. But your how do we know? How do we know that? <laughs> how do, well, how you do just, we you just, you just, you just, you just, you just follow Mark and I on Twitter, right? And then subscribe to Mark's YouTube channel. That's how you know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I knew, man. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And uh, you know, like I said, I've I've seen you start posting those charts, so I know you're on top of this, right? Um, and and if you and it, and it really comes back down to like what I was saying earlier about if you understand what money is. And so the government thinks that they can just send everybody to well, in the United States. I have to keep saying that, but they think they can just send everybody two thousand bucks, uh, and everybody's wealthy. But like money isn't wealth. Money measures wealth. Money helps me acquire wealth. Wealth is goods and services, goods. And so that's the commodities, right? Like we want to buy the goods. We want to buy the wealth, not, <laughs> not the dollars. Yeah, yeah. Financial assets were created actually by banks to transfer the wealth via, you know, just from commodities, from the hard assets, as well with the help of, of the, you know, artificial assets, the financial assets, futures, forwards, options, all the contracts that you come up with. Uh, for all those pretty much like not knowing what I'm saying, feel free to watch the big short movie 2008. You're going to know how the financial engineering works. Yeah. And without, without, without that, uh, with all that mentioned, Mark, I want to give you a very, uh, a very chance to leave our listeners and viewers with one final tip, one final suggestion that they can apply in their lives for the next weeks, months, and years before we disconnect. Well, a couple, uh, I would say uh, two things, but they're really into one. So first off, um, you need to start thinking about things a little bit differently and understand that everything in life has trade-offs, right? Nothing is black and white. And so, um, you know, as a trader, like you understand like, hey, I can enter this position and it could probability goes up or probability goes down, right? So everything has trade-offs. And so think about things in those terms. And then, um, and then the other thing I would say is that, you know, like I said, a lot of this stuff sounds a little bit scary and a lot of the stuff maybe you don't like or don't want to believe. And that's okay. The future is not set, right? The future is not set. The future is up for us to decide. And so if that's not the world that you want, then be active to make sure that world doesn't come to pass. And so we all need to be doing our, our part to push back against this. The silent majority crap is, is, is too silent at this point, right? And so um, if a billion people don't want that to be the future, then it shouldn't be the, it shouldn't be the future. And so I would just encourage people uh, to pay attention, educate yourself, educate those around you, um, speak up and push back and make the reality that you want. And on top of that, make sure to subscribe to Mark's YouTube channel because that, <laughs> that way you're not going to miss on all that we discussed. I truly appreciate your coming, Mark. Mark Moss, the legendary YouTube uh, professional, the YouTube legend, and first and foremost, my, my great friend. Thank you, Mark, for coming over to the Nest Show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
DeFi Click democratizes the lending market by offering both collateralized and uncollateralized loans to everyone with cross-chain interoperability through Polkadot. For more information, visit theburbness.com slash DeFi Click. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nestro. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbness.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at thebirdnest.com slash discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at thebirdnest.com slash bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestro at thebirdnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on.